This program contains material that is to be used as a reference tool only. The content of this program is not intended to be a fully comprehensive legal or process reference and may not contain material that is suitable for all scenarios. All advertising must be reviewed by compliance before it is used. Opinions provided on this program are those of the program participants and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the American National Family of Companies and or its subsidiaries. This is the American National Focus Markets Podcast. When we say markets, we're talking about people. Don't ever underestimate the power of your impact and your influence. Y'all represent the good, strong building blocks of an insurance organization. Let's start the show. Something that comes up a lot, and this is something I hear, especially from a newer agent. Um, So I wanted to touch on this um, with Eugene. When can an agent provide that final quote to the client? So when they have the issue of, you know, maybe they were in communication and thought they could do something. So we're talking about like avoiding unauthorized binding situations. Right. So when do they right. know that that number's set in stone and they can go to the client and present that to them? Well, I, you know, I always tell them there's three, three documents that you should really be looking at, you know, as you're, you're doing uh, something because landscaping is a green class. And so, in theory, if you've got, like, standard standard binding authority, you, you can go ahead and bind that, and you don't even have to refer it to an underwriter. However, it's all these specialty, these specialty exposures that we've been talking about, the tree work, the snow plowing, masonry that's maybe more than 25%, um, you know, those type of things that it's probably good to have a conversation, if not refer it to your underwriter. Um, the other thing is new entities. We get a lot of people that, you know, they've been working for somebody else and they've decided to go into business for themselves for the first time. And so that's something that for a contractor, new entity, um, you're going to have to refer that to an underwriter. So, um, and what we look at for new entities is five years of experience, um, you know, working for someone else or something equivalent. They went to horticultural school, they're an arborist, et cetera. Um, does that kind of answer your question or um, is it more that you're interested in the when you're referring something in class, the procedure, when the agent can actually say, okay, it can bind now. I think in class is what I'm talking about. So if somebody's new oh, okay. and they, they don't Sorry. have binding authority yet, no no worries. I think it, that was good yeah. information. But um, say they don't have binding authority yet and they're working on earning that uh-huh. and yep. we, they don't want to see an unauthorized bind and delay that sure. process or anything, um, how do they know when it's a, a done deal so they can go ahead and... Okay. So... So one of the things that, that frequently happen, like when I get a new agent, is they will refer something in class, but it's the uh, submission tab, which is the last tab in class. They will press bound. Is coverage bound? Yes. Um, because they've been talking to this insured. The insured said, yeah, I'd like this. Um, and so, you know, they're eager. <laughs> they press is coverage bound. 
what happens in that case is um, it looks as if you've already bound coverage and I will look at it like that's a UAB and, and you'll notice that the next question on that if you click coverage is bound is uh, this is a UAB. <laughs> so you might accidentally, um, you know, uh, bind coverage that you weren't really, that you in good faith referred in class but you click that little box on the submission tab and it kind of messed up the whole process. Um, most underwriters will try to work it through with you and, uh, you know, waive an unauthorized bond for something like that. But, um, but Thank God you and I have never had to do that. <laughs> Only six or seven times. No, I'm not kidding. But, um, <laughs> but, um, you know, normally how it should work is uh, you input everything into class. You refer it to me without saying coverage is bound. You have not collected the signature page. You haven't attached the signature page to, that's the other thing that uh, frequently people will do. They'll like get a signature page, which is basically saying I bound coverage with this person. And they signed off on the fact that coverage is bound, which you know, you're not really supposed to do that until after I've given you a binder. My binder will give you specific instructions. I'll say binder approved 30 days. So you've got 30 days to, you know, get me the signature pages and to do what you need to do. Um, I, you know, I, I, I usually reiterate something like tier one, tier two, tier three. Um, and then I'll say contingent on, and the contingent on is very important. So if, for instance, we're doing snowplow, I will will say something like contingent on um, current contracts on file, current snowplow contracts, a list of snowplow clients, and um, prior declarations page and launch room. So um, pay attention to when an underwriter tells you contingent on, et cetera, et cetera. That is a submission requirement now, and that will you've got 20 days to get that in from the time that you bind coverage. So after I've given you that binder for 30 days, you can commit it and gather your submission documents, gather those things that your um, you know, that is contingent. But if you make any changes in class after I've given you that binder, it's going to automatically re-refer. And you're going to have to get a binder extension or the underwriter just to write a note in there saying, hey, thank you for the updated effective date or thank you for the updated values that you input. Um, but always put notes in the notepad section it just helps us. Otherwise, we've got to re-review the entire quote, and you don't want a cranky underwriter. <laughs> so keep Gene happy. So yeah, we'll just throw me a bone. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, if you can kind of point me in the right direction, that that will go a long way. Jeff, what I see, when I see is new agents um, wanting to show the client. The, the quote, they get excited, they get the quote mm -hmm. before sure. they've even referred it in. 
And mm-hmm. so I try to tell them, because that's what they do on personal lines, right? They have binding right. authority. They could they could quote it. They could issue it. Commercial is a little bit different. And I tell them to hold off, make sure that they have the blessing from their underwriter first, then go to the client with that quote. Right. It, it, it will save them from having to eat crow later on. The only additional thing I would say to that is, you can call me up on the telephone and ask me, do you think this account sounds good? And I'll look at a website. I'll talk to you about it. I'll say, yeah, that sounds good. <clears throat> that is not a binding. Or no. Yeah. yeah. No. Make make sure it's been through the quote process. You get everything. The underwriter's done their thing. And, and they say yes. And I, and I... I will a lot of times tell my agents to be very blunt. You know, I want yeah. to go sell this. I have a selling appointment on Friday. Can I go sell this? Yeah, right. And that yeah. way we're not having um, any misinterpretation as to whether what my intention as an agent is and right. you as the underwriter know exactly what I'm going to do and are you okay with that? Right, yeah. So look for that word, binder approved. <laughs> <laughs> look for those words. <laughs> and. Valerie, since, you know, the the field specialists are advocates out there working with agents, when it comes to this stage in the process where they're they're gathering that information and analyzing it, what is the best way to to utilize you? Should they contact you to to meet up or are they just calling you or emailing you? Like, what's the best way to work with the field specialist at this stage in the game? At this stage in the game, unless we're out there doing joint work with you, it's easier to give us a call or shoot us an email and say, hey, I'm working on this account. Um, Can you go in and take a look at it or can you work on it with me? We have the ability to do a go-to meeting and kind of switch the controls around to you so that we can walk you through the quoting process if you're not familiar with that. Um, We can take a look at your quote before you get it to underwriting. Make sure that your narrative actually makes sense based upon what you put in the quote. Um, try to eliminate some some red flags. Sometimes it's not what you're saying, it's how you're saying it. And we can clarify that before it gets to the underwriter, um, and that eases that process quite a little bit. We're we're all out there for that. Or even if you just don't know how to ask the questions, don't be afraid to call your field specialist and say, I'm going out on this account. I've never done one of these before. What do I need to know? And in addition to your basic, you know, Bob Backfinder questions, we may throw some things out there at you, like the pesticide and herbicide. You know, what are exactly are they doing? Give you some examples of some questions to ask. And if you're still not quite comfortable, don't be afraid to ask the field specialist to role play with you. Nobody likes to role play, but guys, I'm not, I cannot stress the importance of that. Absolutely. That's something that really can help with um, having, being able to, to, conversationally take somebody through that fact finder and through that information instead of maybe bluntly asking some of those questions and it not um, being well received by the client, you know, when you get into especially money type stuff or things that they're doing. So um, I think that's a great tip. In the ever-changing world of digital marketing, it can be intimidating to blindly venture into uncharted territories of social media. Good news. We're here to help. Easy-to-use help guides are available to walk you through creating a Facebook business page or a LinkedIn profile. Once created, the Hearsay Social Help Guide will walk you through connecting them to Hearsay. Your profile can be configured to publish posts automatically on a regular basis by subscribing to campaigns. These help guides can be found on the marketing page of Agent Central. 
Begin strengthening relationships and growing your business through social media today. Let's go ahead and move on to um, like presenting this solution, implementing the solution with the client. So we'll kick it back to Sean. Sean, at this point, quotes done. You're going. You're you're trying to make your your final sales pitch here to the client and talk to them. Um, so when you're you're presenting the recommendations to the client, um, talk to us about that meeting a little bit. Um, again, it's probably on their time somewhere. But are you emailing them anything ahead of time? Meeting with them in person. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, I try not to. I don't want to give them a, a quote without meeting with them. Um, preferably, I'm not going to shoot them an email that's going to get forwarded right to their current agent. And says, okay, this is what I got. Can you, yeah. can you beat it? Can you match yes, it? Yes, that's great. I want to sit down with them. Sometimes I'll ask them up front, what what number do we need to hit pending, you know, good, clean wash runs and all things being equal? What number do we need to hit in order for you not to run back to your agent? Um, you know. This is not just grocery shopping. I take care of my clients. I have relationships with them. Do you want to be that client? But yeah, ideally, I will meet with them, go over it soup to nuts, just like the original fact find, go over every aspect, point out, okay, you didn't have this before. We've got this piece of equipment covered. You didn't have this before, if you know this air and emissions coverage. You, you didn't have this before, your uh, pesticide herbicide sprayers. We've increased this coverage. We've we've removed things that that weren't on there. Remind them of why you're sitting down with them again. Um, all of the corrections that you've made. You're doing that in person, if uh, if at all possible. Um, and going over, maybe you have a copy, their copy, your copy, and I'm, I'll leave them with paper in lieu of forwarding it to them. Um, again, it's just going to go depending on the relationship they have, and and or who that client is, it's just going to go right to the current agency. Yeah, that's a good tip for sure. So do you have any closing tips with these type of clients, um, Sean, anything that um, comes to the top of your mind, any specific language? Um, now, I've never liked that phrase, closing. It implies that there's something you need to do or say. If you've asked the right questions, you've done enough of a legwork up front, the solution is just going to make sense to them. They're going to want to move forward with it. There's a couple of good books out there, in particular one called Spin Selling. Uh, the, the title of the book completely belies what it's about. It's more about asking those questions up front, doing all this legwork. You've done this right. You've, you've, if, if you're, if you're even close on price, sometimes they're okay with moving. If it's just apples to apples and, and moving and maybe they don't have a great relationship or they appreciate the work you put in their contractors. They've put in work and, and, and had somebody move forward with them. Um, it should just be a natural. This is this is what we offered. This is what we talked about. We're covering you better. We're we're okay numbers wise. Knock on wood. Um, let's let's put this plan in place. Just maybe that's the presumptive close, but it's just hey, you're you're my new client. I'm your new agent. What do you think? And we'll go ahead and put a, a um, link to that book in the show description as well, so the listeners okay, out there so can it's find a, it. It's a good book. I think it's yeah. Neil Neil Rackman. I think might be the name. Yeah, we will go ahead and make sure we put that out there. Um, so at this point too, um, you know, I, I would just like to know in your experience, um, is it easy to cross sell at this point? I mean, if you're presenting that solution and making those recommendations, is this the the same point that you're throwing them that information as well? Probably this there's, I don't know if there's a better time than when you have just, okay, we've fixed all these problems with your coverage. We've got a building that wasn't covered squared away. We've got tools and equipment that weren't squared away, squared away. 
they're never going to be happier with you unless there's a claim situation and everything goes exactly the way it's supposed to, everything's paid and the service is great. They're never going to be happier with you than they are right now. This is the time to do it. Excellent. Now, Valerie, um, do you have any tips for, for, um, for presenting as well that you'd like to throw in there? And also I'll tack onto that at this stage in the game, especially for an agent who's just breaking in, how should they utilize you when it comes to presenting the solution as well? Um, I like Sean's approach. Do it, do it in person, and point out a lot of those those coverages. You didn't have this. You you have it here. Or if you found a hot button while you were having your discussion, um, make sure that you're highlighting the coverage that's going to going to help with that hot button. And don't be afraid to have stories. Again, I cannot you know have a story to to tell. Give an example as to why this coverage is important. Um, we've got some good information out there on employment practices liability. You know, take one of those stories from 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 that sell sheet that we have out in marketing on demand, and and make that your own. Um, I, I those stories can help you. I agree with Sean. It's really not a close if you've done it right. It it makes sense. Let's just move forward um, and get this done. But it, it it helps it helps it make sense. How to utilize your field specialist at this point? We um, absolutely can do joint field work. Um, we'd love to go in on these these final appointments and help you guys out um, when when that makes sense to do so. Um, we can look over the file. We can um, help you do some comparisons. If you get us the deck pages, we can absolutely go through, or better yet, the whole policy. We could go through some of that policy language and compare it to kind of what we have. And, and help you find not only where we stand out, but maybe where we might have a little bit of a gap and a hole that, that you, you're going to want to be aware of. Um, and then use us to maybe call. Um, I've had agents who I can't be with them at the presentation. The time travel just won't allow. Or maybe they don't think that they really need me there, but they want me on standby. So they'll tell me, I have an appointment at, at, at 7 o'clock. Um, tomorrow evening, can I call you if we have a question? Absolutely. As long as I know in advance, I will do my darndest to stay off the phone and, and watch for your call to come in and be there to help you. Excellent. So in the, the final line of questioning, and we'll pull Sean in here for this, um, Sean, after the person becomes a client and you're servicing that account, um, you know, the the insurance reviews, those things are very important. Um, these clients are busy though. So do you have any strategies that you try to employ to be able to meet with them maybe on an annual basis to look back over those accounts? Yeah, I think it's in, in this last meeting we were just discussing, you've got to tell them, look, this is a partnership. I don't know when you've swapped out a truck or you've replaced a mower or you've gotten rid of a backhoe. Uh, you've got to tell me. It's a quick call or email to the office. Uh, we're going to do all the work, but you got to tell us. I don't want a situation, reference the policies we just fixed, I don't want a situation where you didn't tell us about a piece of equipment and so it's not on here. You're upset with us. We've got to sit down at, you know, maybe they're not even willing to do it every year, although depending on the size of the account, hey, they might be. Minimum, every two years, we've got to meet in person just like we've done here. But every year, we've got to have a conversation that's going to take 15, 20 minutes, half an hour on the phone, we go over there every stitch of this policy to make sure that it's correct. And I need you to do that. So maybe this isn't a great time of year. You renew 
middle of the summer, it could not be any busier for a landscaper. You do it in the fall. So, you know, we're going to do this review in the dead of winter. Um, it's just the way it's got to be. If that's the time that works for you, fine. But just explain to them, this, this is symbiotic. We're, we only benefit from this if we're talking to each other. And do you, do you see any referral business from these clients? Is there anything you to encourage that? Absolutely. Again, so you, they're never going to be happier than when you've just written them and they know their policy is perfect. Maybe they're happy with price. They're happy with you. You haven't even had the opportunity to screw anything up yet for them. So they're just tickled pink that you're their new agent. Ask them, Hey, I like doing work with contractors like you. We're good at it. Um, who are some of the people that, uh, that you work with you think? I can help. They may be thrilled to brag about how much money they saved, the stuff that they've got covered for the same money, all the bells and whistles that they did not have before, they have now. Um, just ask them. They may give you some of those names. A lot of times, if you're preparing certificates of insurance for them, it's going to be for somebody building a house. Ask them about that guy. Hey, would you mind if we send this certificate directly to them and ask them if they want to bid? I'm sure they'll be happy with it. Again, if you've done all the things that we're talking about for them, they're more than willing to, again, brag about their new insurance agent. This is what this guy did for me. That's when they're going to be the happiest. Sean, do you ever use your workers' comp audit, you know, the subcontractor list that the auditor does? Uh, yeah, in that same vein. These are people that they do work That's with. referrals, right. Yeah, and I'll tell you what. They'll tell you, hey, I noticed you do a lot of work with um, – with this electrician and they'll tell you, yeah, he does good work, but man, is he a pain? You don't want to do business with him. He's small. <laughs> we use him because we've used him forever. And you know, yeah, you, th that builder is, we do it with him because it's this relationship. They'll tell you both. Yeah. That, that gladly introduce you. Uh, he's got a big business. They'll even give you some, some recon information as well as tell you, don't, don't bother with that guy. We're not going to use him anymore. Yeah, the the workers comp. I'm sorry, the workers comp audit will also tell you who they're with currently, what carrier they're with currently, and usually the effective date yeah. of the policy. So that's that's great recon information. And and most, I, you know, what I shouldn't say that. At least in Massachusetts, you can go right to state websites to get that information anyway. So if you see, you know, ABC Builders doing a lot of work with Joe Smith Landscaping, you can go find that out. You can just go look at public information, having a workers' comp policy. There's nothing private or non-public about it. So if, you, if you're if you curious as to when may be a good time to call, you can just go find that right out, do a little recon work. Excellent information, guys. I appreciate that so much. Um, very last thing, Sean, um, how are most of these clients communicating with you, changes and things like that? Um, are you picking them up just annually, or will they call you or email you when they need something? Uh, they'll call or email. Um, God forbid you gave them your cell phone. They're not going to call the office. They will maybe only email you. Uh, helpful to, again, paint the picture. Here's the email. If you got anything you need, especially a certificate, chances are I'm out meeting with somebody just like I did with you right now. I'm not in the office. So if you can wait on that certificate, great. I'll take care of it, in which case you're just going to hand off to somebody anyway. But the point is you email this. My CSRs, the people in my office, have been trained when they see a certificate request that it's got to go out pretty immediately. The chances are you're standing in the, uh, the, the driveway and somebody else needs it in their office. 
or you are at the town hall and they are not going to cut you a permit until they have it. Um, so those things got to go out immediately. And again, right back to some of the other things we mentioned, ask them, how, how do you like to communicate when it comes to changes, when it comes to getting a hold of you and there's a question or a problem, they'll just tell you, I prefer email because I can do it from my phone. I don't have to talk to you. Okay, that's great. I guess I don't want to talk to you anymore either. Ask them, they'll, they'll tell you. They text a lot too. I, I found contractors will text a lot and don't they be afraid do. to take that text and forward to your email so that you have it time stamped. I like that because it's, it's, it's bait stamped, it's time stamped, and you can forward that text straight to your email and, and put it in your file. Bingo. So I wanted to mention that, which was whether it's a phone call or an email you get, if you've got something sort of in writing, quote unquote, you, you, you're good. Make change, put it in the file, send the signature form out to them if it's required. If you never get the signature form back, okay. But you've got somewhere that this is what they ask. And again, so my preference is always by email because then we have that record. Um, even if it's a phone call, though, and, and you want to stress this to the folks working in your office, if you've got them, you get that phone call, shoot them an email that says, hey, by the way, we just made the change you requested this afternoon, and to recap, here it is. Excellent. Well, Sean, thank you so much for being a part of this podcast. This is information that's going to help a lot of agents. Um, Valerie as well, thank you so much for answering questions. Gene, thanks for coming on and um, giving us that underwriter's perspective. Um, We appreciate all of that help so much. If you need help, your underwriter and your field specialist, they are there um, to support you, to provide information, and to help you put business on the book. So thank you so much for being on the program. And uh, we will talk to you next time. Thanks for listening to this episode of the American National Focus Markets podcast. Links to items mentioned in this program can be found in the show description. If you have show ideas or suggestions, please email us at focusmarketspodcast at americannational.com.